I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I wanted to call for help, but my tongue was asleep. I felt unsafe in my own bed. I felt their touch upon my skin. My heart was pounding. I was sure they could hear it. These minutes felt like hours. By R.E.R. Violin Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violin Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I'm John John. Hello. If you guys could do us a huge favor, hit that subscribe button, give us five stars, and leave a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. Or spread the word to your friends. We just like to get this podcast out there and known to people. And uh, word of mouth is probably the best way to get that done. If you guys have any spooky stories at all or want to share a true crime experience, you guys can email us at violinvice at gmail.com. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, it'd be fun. We could talk about it. We would. John, John, do you want to introduce them to today's topic that we are both covering? Yeah, we're going to do this a little bit weirder than we have previously, where we both kind of have a part of this, but it's based on these chess demons or these waking dreams type thing not daydreams but you're like still sleeping but you're having these experiences while being conscious and they're most commonly referred to as either chess demons or sleep paralysis Yep, and as John John said, these all happen during sleep paralysis, and uh, this is a feature of your REM sleep when you are transitioning into or out of sleep, and this can happen as like when you start to fall or you are just waking up from sleep, and it's estimated that about 20% of healthy people will experience this sometime in their lifetime. So... Yeah, I'm going to go over a couple of facts and then a few stories, and then John John's going to transition into his, and we'll go from there. So let's see how this goes. So many people will only experience sleep paralysis like a few times in their lifetime, but it may occur along with other symptoms that are part of narcolepsy. It tends to happen during rapid eye movement or REM sleep when your mind is very active and you can imagine sounds, sights, and other feelings during your dreams. So you may feel scared, your body is paralyzed during this time, and you're not able to act out motions during your dream state. So there's, I'm going to cover at least 14 factors that happen during sleep paralysis. And these include paralyzation, breathlessness, visual hallucinations, auditory hallucinations, tactile hallucinations, olfactory hallucinations, emotions, stroke, inability to speak, chest pressure, feelings of fear or dread, sweating, headaches, and muscle pains. It's a lot. It is a lot. The first and most common is paralyzation during sleep transitions. And this, again, is the most common. 
and you're not able to speak nor move while transitioning into or out of sleep. This can last for many minutes. Generally speaking, most people will still be able to move their eyes during this time. There are some people who may try to scream or call for help, but they typically only come out in a soft whisper or any, like if they can get it out at all. During this time, a person may only be able to grunt, whimper, moan. As your eyes open, this feeling of not being able to move or talk can become quite overwhelming and very terrifying. Fortunately, for most people, the paralysis will only last for a few minutes before they once gain their consciousness or being able to move. So they will be paralyzed for those few minutes. So it's essentially like a slow reboot where part of it's running, but part of it's not. Yep, basically. And then breathlessness. There are some people who may feel like they are suffocating or have like a sense of breathlessness that they are experiencing during sleep paralysis. This symptom is likely related to the limited number of muscles that are active while helping you breathe. When you're in the inactive REM sleep, the diaphragm will act as a bellow in order to help inflate and deflate your lungs. There are very few other muscles such as the ribcage that are active during the REM sleep process. During the sleep paralysis, a person may feel like their breath is being taken away. They may feel like someone is sitting or standing on top of their chest and not allowing them to take a breath. This feeling of breathlessness or even suffocating become can become very alarming to the individual, and some people may feel like they are awake during this time, and others state that they only have partial awareness during this breathlessness feeling. I'm thinking, isn't that because when you're sleeping, you have shallower or not nearly as deep breaths? It is. Sort of. Okay. And and that's because the muscles that are being used during this time, uh, like they said, it's just the diaphragm really and a bit of your rib cage, but it's not all the muscles that you typically have while you're breathing. So really, when you really want to take a deep breath, you're still like restricted to your shallow stuff, which I guess would be like you're not able to use all of your muscles there, so... Usually that only happens when, like, somebody's squeezing you really tight or sitting on you. Yep. Yep. And we'll get into that a bit with uh, the coming stories and explanations. So the next symptom is visual hallucinations. And during sleep paralysis, the visual experience a person may have can vary or be very profound. And this depends on just the individual There are many people who state that they see human figures during this time. This can be like the night night hag or hat man or a bit of the shadow people. They often describe the human figures as being a shadow, dark figure, or even a ghost. The human figure can be standing along their bedside or just outside their peripheral vision, as well as on their chest. Other people report that they see a bunch of people in their rooms during this time. Still, others state that they can even see bright colors, lights, or bright flashes. There are times when the visual hallucinations are very elaborate, as some people have reported seeing cats, bugs, a gargoyle, or disembodied hands and feet. In other cases, people state that the images that they see are shimmering or blurry. They report that the sense 
that they sense everything in the room is floating. Overall, these visions can be quite scary. Sounds like it. Yep. And some of this can be um, also out-of-body experiences as well. Like, they see everything that's happening to them. Ooh. That's a weird feeling. Yeah. And then this brings us to the auditory hallucinations. So, in addition to experiencing the visual, people can also have auditory hallucinations. Uh, These auditory hallucinations may be quite simple and routine, or they can also be very bizarre. Most people who experience sleep paralysis will hear some type of noise during this time. Most commonly, people report that they hear voices of someone or some type of animal. The voices may even be speaking a foreign language. Their perception of screaming, whispering, or even laughing may be heard quite often. It can be a static noise or a loud buzzing sound that's reported. And sometimes even more like radio static or even a radio station. Other people report that they hear footsteps, breathing, ringing sounds, and knocking. There have been reports of hearing unusual sounds such as growling or horse carriages. The sounds also may be heard to characterize a very non-specific character like an alien or a spaceship or something along those lines. Yeah. So so my guess is that like a lot of like the white noise type stuff would be essentially your hearing your own blood flow because it's it's quiet and you're in tune with it and like the footsteps or knocking stuff might be your actual heartbeat yeah that can definitely make sense oh weird so along with visual and auditory the next comes tactile hallucinations and this is actually one of the most reported phenomenon of sleep paralysis this experience can be be of being touched when nothing is there touching you. Many people who experience sleep paralysis report that they have a feeling of pressure of some type of contact, as if someone is holding them down. Other people report feeling of vibrating, numbness, or tingling sensation during sleep paralysis. Many people report that they feel like they are falling, floating through air, and some people even feel like they are very cold or to the point that they are very freezing. Not As often, people may feel like they are being dragged or physically moved from their bed. Others report that they feel physical sensations that involve, like, their genitalia, and they may even feel like some sort of sexual contact during this time. I might get into that later. Some other tactile (laughs) sensations that they have reported include being bitten, breathing around their ear, and then the sensation of bugs crawling on their skin. And I kind of want to take a side tangent here to the tactile hallucinations because when I was growing up, and John John, you probably remember this, I used to have what I refer to as the Manta Dog Nightmare at the first house that we lived in. Yeah. Because, you know, we shared room, Gabby and I shared rooms, and she had that big, like, life-size Dalmatian dog or whatnot. And it used to transform into, like, what I call the shaggy dog at the time. And it would come over and, like, talk to me or whatnot, but then it would bite my hand, and that's when I would always wake up. And it was, like, this most vivid dream. And I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I couldn't do any of that. But it it just always felt so real because I could see everything around me that surrounded in that room. And I had that dream 
probably from the age of three up till we moved out of that house and even into the other house that we moved into right after that. See, I only had stuff like that when I was, I think, just three and four. And it was similar to that, but like mom will tell you about like the night terrors I used to have. But essentially, it was just me stuck in my bed staring at this large sort of wire-haired black dog. And it was just barking at me like the whole time. And I couldn't do anything. I was just stuck under my covers watching it bark at me. And then I'd wake up. But I guess that was like a recurring night terror type thing for me. Yeah. Well, there you go. You had sleep paralysis. But anyways, after the tactile hallucinations comes the olfactory hallucinations. <gasps> and although not as common, the olfactory hallucinations are uh, ones that involve the type or sense of smell. As with all other types of hallucinations that are experienced during sleep paralysis, this type of hallucination involves the imagining of a number of different smells. The smells may be good, bad, or remind the person of someone in their past. They could be smells from their childhood, such as a perfume worn by a long-lost relative, or they, the smells may also come from their visual or auditory hallucinations that they imagine that they smell like. For example, a person who experiences flashes of light may smell rain. Oh. As mentioned, olfactory hallucinations are not as common as hallucinations of vision, touch, or hearing. And many people don't really remember a certain smell that they experienced during their sleep paralysis. You know, now that I think about it, I don't remember, like, any dreams where I remember a spell. So, ah, maybe that might have something to do with it. But yeah, I don't remember smelling anything in my dreams. This is just, like, blowing my mind. I don't either but i mean between all the allergies that you and i have had growing up i never really had a strong sm sense of smell either so that that's could, a fair point <laughs> that could be from that you know we lost it long ago yep in the fields <laughs> with a ton of ragweed and random flowers that we would pick milkweed i thought they were so pretty and i'd come up to mom with a this bouquet of wild flowers and a face full of snot and tears and pus it was a, it was a weird sight <laughs> and be like this is for you <laughs> of course we had no idea what was causing it it was just like oh i guess i'm just sneezing now yeah mm, mm. you live and you learn you live and you learn The next one is emotions, and one of the most important symptoms a person experiences after their sleep paralysis as well during is emotions that are involved. For many people, sleep paralysis experiences can have like a long-lasting effect on their just general mood for the day and even week. The reason for this is because many, for many, it is like having a night a nightmare while they are awake. Everyone has woken up from a dream startled from the reality of it. But when you wake up from sleep paralysis, it's so real and you remember it and it lasts with you so much longer. However, when you are experiencing sleep paralysis, it is during this time when you were either just starting to fall asleep or when you have just woken 
up from sleep and that means that your eyes are typically open and everything around you seems and feels very very real you cannot move your body no matter how hard you try and this experience can be so terrifying combined with the fact that you may feel like you cannot breathe during this time it only further exaggerates the emotional impact that sleep paralysis can have on you so why people are so upset when they wake up from it and well yeah i mean you can't move you're seeing weird things it it's it's like being restrained in in a torture chamber type thing it is it's how i imagine hell to be yeah so the next one is a stroke a person who has experienced sleep paralysis for the first time may think that they've had a stroke Some people even report feeling like they have died. They cannot move their bodies. They cannot speak during this time. And it's just very, very terrifying. Most people who suffer from sleep paralysis report that it's being very, like, report that it is a very scary experience. Most of the time that's because they can feel like a stranger is present during this time in their room. This stranger may be at the end of the bed or in a room somewhere. The presence may even directly on top of them holding them down all of these things can be very frightening when they uh, finally overcome sleep paralysis and these effects can stay with them for a very long time they may only be able to move part of their body at first thus reasoning behind the thinking that they have had a stroke yeah Um, well like the stroke thing with not being able to move any part of your body it doesn't really it would sound like it, they were feeling like a full body stroke like where you happened on both sides of the brain as opposed to just one yeah where like you only lose half of it because you could move the other one but it's like a super stroke yep Ooh. and then the next symptom is what i'm experiencing today today the inability to speak many people who experience sleep paralysis notice that they develop an inability to speak as the attack occurs sleep paralysis affects the broca's area the region of the brain on the dominant hemisphere that's responsible for the production of speech the temporary paralysis involved with the condition causes an efficiency in this area resulting in the lack of expression As a result of this condition, people with sleep paralysis find that they feel like they want to speak out. However, they are unable to, and they are unable to produce any sound. And this effect may also extend into the first few seconds after waking up. However, all patients should be able to regain their ability to speak as soon as they are fully conscious and aware of the situation. If you notice symptoms of being unable to speak while in a dream state or during waking up, talk to your doctor. Your physician will recommend strategies that you can use to help limit these effects of sleep paralysis on your rest and your entire body. So that that's what's like really scary. Like you want to call for help, you can't. It's like you're physically and mentally unable to speak out even though you really, really want to. Yeah. But I mean like, if you think about it, most of us don't actually like react while we're dreaming. Like we might kick a few times or we might make a few noises, but for the most part, while we're dreaming, we don't really 
do anything. But in the dream itself, we are doing a lot. So you can kind of see why being in that sort of state where you're experiencing something, but your body doesn't react, that kind of makes sense with that whole mix of things there. So sort of like you're you're running one program and then you try jumping to another one and for some reason it doesn't quite work like task manager isn't isn't helping this situation you got to do like a full restart yep yep the hallucinations is probably what we're going to be going into more so than anything else from this point on i agree yeah um, and the one that I'm going to go into right after all these symptoms is the pressure in the chest, which is that next symptom. People suffering from the effects of sleep paralysis may also find they experience some symptoms of pressure on the chest. These symptoms occur as they sit, as they are in between limbo, between the dream state and consciousness. Many people describe the sensation as having someone sit on their chest. A result of that feeling, many patients will find it really challenging to breathe. This disrupts the normal flow of oxygen to the lungs and the brain results in ex- like an exaggerated symptoms of sleep paralysis. So like you're not able to breathe, it exaggerates it and all that stuff. As a result, the patient may find that they experience the more prolonged periods of the sleep paralysis. They may also find that they feel groggy after waking up due to the lack of oxygen entering the bloodstream. Patients that experience this sensation may benefit from the use of a CPAP machine while they sleep, and these machines help drive oxygen into the lungs while a person is in an unconscious state. CPAP machines are also a standard instrument used to alleviate the symptoms of sleep apnea. Interestingly enough, there is some medical literature that shows a link between the two conditions. So, like, sleep apnea is kind of like what Dad has, where he... I mean, no. he has a CPAP machine, and it he makes does. him look like Darth Vader, so I call him Darth Daddy. <laughs> and he, he usually laughs at that, but he says that, like, he almost has to be completely still to use it, so. Yeah, it, it just forces oxygen in. Dad just snores so bad that, like, he used to not be able to breathe because, you know, the flap mm. closed and everything and yeah, all that. So, after all these hallucinations and feelings and whatnot, the person obviously experiences the next symptom, which is feelings of fear and dread. Patients who are dealing with an onset of sleep paralysis may notice that they experience feelings of fear and dread in the moments before they wake up as well as when they are falling asleep. These feelings may occur regardless of whether the person experienced a nightmare during their sleep. Terror and fear are two primal human emotions produced by the limbic system. The limbic system is one of the oldest primordial regions of the brain, and it's responsible for creating that flight-or-flight response. The limbic system is also responsible for maintaining the safety and security of the body. This is the region that also helps our ancestors of the plains of the savannas as they watched out for predators. These feelings of fear and dread are quite real, and they can play a role in the development of mental issues with the patient. Waking up in a constant state of fear will drastically reduce the person's emotional health and mental state. Well, yeah, that kind of, that almost goes without saying. I mean, you wake up every day in a panic, you're not going to be 
in the best of moods. Yep. And then I'm going to combine the next and final three, which are sweating, headaches, and muscle pains. These can be reactions from not getting enough oxygen to the emotional turmoil that you are in, as well as the stress and strain on your body of experiencing the 11 symptoms above this that I talked about. These are just kind of side effects that you have after waking up. So not exactly like direct symptoms. It's more of an indirect because of previous systems. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep, because either you're clenched from being scared, so like you get sore muscles, and that strain from being clenched can give you a headache, as well as the emotional turmoil can make you sweat, and, you know, vice versa. Like excessive Mm -hmm. sweating can, like, give you more headaches and sore muscles from excitement that you're going through. So it's just kind of a triangle that's intertwined. I'd probably say it wouldn't be super tense because I've, like, woken up mid-sleep from leg cramps. And that, like, maybe it's just, like, you're tense, but it's more of just, like, tight muscles and not, like, extreme clenching type stuff. Because that would be, like, a full-on pain response. So I'm going to go into, then, the old hag, which is now what I'm going to consider a chest demon. It's a woman figure that sits on your chest and kind of suffocates you. And I'm going to just go into a couple encounters about it from liveabout.com as well as a few other websites. But I'm going to just read you a few of these that people have experienced. Okay. So this one's called She Strangled My Girlfriend. I was awakened by the screaming girlfriend she had her arms up if she was pushing on something her eyes were open as if she was awake i called her name a few times to try to shake her awake then her eyes closed and she went back to sleep when i woke her again she told me that she was fighting an old lady that was trying to strangle her on her chest last night i was awakened by something i had no idea what it was but i had a strong feeling telling me i should turn around and look at my girlfriend As I turned around, I saw what looked like an old person's face moving away from me. At that exact moment, my girlfriend let out a small scream, and then she went back to sleep. So did I. This morning when we woke up, the first thing my girlfriend told me was, I had a dream about the old lady again last night. What are the odds that both of us would have seen the same person or spirit? Why did it move away from me? And that is from a bystander. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, he could see that something was wrong with his girlfriend, but maybe like after he was told about it, he could have been in that dreary kind of half awake state, but he was able to move and turn and see it. So maybe he was still kind of like in that wake up process. He so might have not been. quite not quite paralyzed, but still in that same mode. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Sort of an implanted hallucination type thing. True. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it, but it's weird. It is. The next one is called Nose to Nose with the Hag. I have been trying for about a year to induce sleep paralysis as I get away from lucid dreaming. 
I heard about this phenomenon, but I never experienced it. Tonight was the first occurrence. I did as I always do. I lie still on my back, staring at the ceiling, waiting for the numbness to begin, and it doesn't. Instead, all the noise outside my window stops as though someone muted the world outside. I blink, and it's there, on my ceiling. It just kind of floated downward, dragging its fingers down the walls as it did. The sound was sickening. It stopped when it was nose to nose with me and put its other hands, it had three other arms, on my chest, and it stayed there, staring at me. Its eyes glowed, cycling from the fluorescent to purple to an almost arterial red. Then someone in the room next to me dropped something, and it just levitated upward towards the ceiling. Its face was the last to melt away. And that's from a person named Nico. Okay. I mean, that adds, that sounds like the hallucination with the visual stuff. As well as the chest pressure. Yeah. And the auditory hallucinations, too. Like, I'm more hung up on the face melting type thing. That was weird. Yep. Just, like, did it just, like, vanish away like a wisp of smoke type melting? Or did it, like, fall off the face, like... Like the Wicked Witch of the West type of idea. Yeah. And it's then weird visual. Yeah. So the last one is called Hair Pulling Hag. A week ago I was awakened in the middle of the night by the sound of what I thought was my husband's voice saying, She has my hand. He sometimes mumbles in his sleep, but it's never very coherent and hasn't happened in a long time. I was lying with my head resting on his forearm, so I immediately opened my eyes and saw his hand wasn't moving or anything. Suddenly, at the same time, an enormous pressure covered my face to the point where I couldn't breathe or open my mouth. As this happened, I had the feeling of a hand pressing down on the top of my head and pulling my hair so hard that I felt physical pain. I began to scream, but I couldn't open my mouth for several seconds. Finally, the pressure stopped, and it was over, and I wanted to brush this off as a nightmare, but I can't figure out why I felt the pain when I was definitely conscious afterward, and my eyes were open the entire time. When I looked at my husband, he was in a very deep sleep by KJ. Hmm. Hmm. So she didn't see anything, but she felt stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, hmm. I mean, that would fall into the tactile hallucinations. It would, and not visual, but mm. it did. It would do the um, audible one. And we don't know how, like, what position she was sleeping in. So maybe, like, she was stuck on something with her hair. Yeah. And somehow got the strain loosened at some point so there is an explanation but nothing that can be proven i don't know but that last one sounds less like a night hag type situation and more like the succubus stories okay do you want to go over to yours because that was the last one that i had sure well The thing is with these, like, for the most part, 
it has been a sort of this elderly woman-like figure showing up in all these things and it's most commonly referred to as like the night hag or old hag type situation but people have been seeing this old hag for centuries like to the bc era and they actually had a name for this occurrence that this person was either agent of or this person themselves and that was in the jewish folklore lilith which was the first woman that god created so in that whole mythos uh when god created man and woman he created them both out of clay and lilith was that woman but she essentially was disobedient and felt herself just as capable or more equal than Eve ever was portrayed and was essentially more vibrant, more, I guess, more free in her expressions. And because God created the woman to sort of serve Adam and be his wife, but she felt this wasn't what she wanted to do she ended up getting exiled by god and then god took a rib from adam to make eve so that's sort of the story where lilith comes from so she is technically in jewish folklore and a lot of these sumerian and akkadian text type things that she actually was first and eve was second but by being exiled, she essentially became this evil winged entity, sort of with a curse. The mother of all demons on the yeah. demonology side. But yeah, yeah, I mean, though she was the first one for women's equal rights. So, <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. So like in today's times, definitely would have been pretty kosher for most people. But not back then for some reason yeah but she was this beautiful woman cursed and exiled and then essentially demonified and became more and more and more of an evil figure so she started to sprout wings horns and would essentially attack men almost specifically in their sleep causing some sort of either control or sort of taking his seed from him while he slept so lilith this first woman has appeared in many different literary locations um, the old testament in the book of isaiah um, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, she was also mentioned very times and is considered to be one of these main antagonists in the tale of Gilgamesh, which was essentially the first hero story written. So she's been around for a long, long time. So most of the things that would be counted as symptoms today of sleep paralysis had been occurring way back when even in like ancient Sumerian times. And Lilith, for the most part, was this explanation. And she would either come in the form of this old 
essentially disheveled looking hag person or this beauty beyond beauty of a woman and seduce men in their sleep. But usually when she would attack women, it would be as an old hag. Usually pregnant women was her target. So many charms and amulets as well as certain rituals in the house were used to sort of block her from causing these problems and stealing children in women's sleep. By stealing children, do you mean like they would have like miscarriages or? Sort of. Sometimes it would just be that children that were like newborns would be gone. And like she literally stole them to become children of hers. Or she would, while they were pregnant, sort of put her soul into them so that they would become more of more her children than the woman who was going to give birth to her. So Got more it. on the like the demonic side of how things are perceived type things. But she had been around for so so long that many different mythos and connections to her have been almost consistent across many cultures so either sleep paralysis was a very common symptom or this particular demon got around the world a lot so that's sort of where people explain sleep paralysis way back before they understood what even was going on so i kind of want to go into why do you think it had to be this woman and why did she have to be like this disheveled looking hag or this gorgeous woman so what do you think Adi? like it makes sense i just kind of from a religious standpoint and everything like to be kind of be wary of I guess, either temptations when it comes to guys or this old hag when it comes to girls and kind of going from there until, like, always watch your kids. Like, it's almost like a fable, kind of. Sort of like a boogeyman, but also an explanation at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Which most old stories used were used as, like, some sort of explanation for why things were the way they were these amulets and totems and whatnot were in a way sort of a prescription for curing these things. So it may have been caused by some sort of buildup of stress or some sort of narcolepsy type thing. And these rituals or certain comforts would help relax the person and sort of have better sleep and not have as much of these sleep paralysis things. So a bit of like a placebo effect type idea. Yeah. But it it makes a lot of sense. But from Lilith came the idea of these succubi and incubi, which incubi are incubus as like women beautiful demonic figures and incubus is a beautiful man that is also demonic because women were starting to see attractive men and feeling these same feelings that men were feeling of being seduced in their sleep so it wasn't always just the hag and why 
because they were a man, they were starting to be sort of associated with more of children of Lilith. Not so much Lilith herself, because it was a guy. So that's most of where these mythos for succubi and incubi come from, and it comes from the original Lilith, who has been around for a long, 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 long time. For basically forever, as long as we've been around. Yeah, longer, longer than most ancient cultures. But Lilith has been sort of transcending eras of sorts. And to kind of tie it back to Dracula was considered a succubi when we covered Vlad the Impaler to yeah. of how charismatic he was and everything. Yeah, and that's part of why uh, vampires had these bat-like wings, which was a lot like these demonic wings portrayed for succubi and incubi. And it was sort of like a more specialized incubus that vampires were and like it's influenced a lot of our culture and all because of an explanation needed to be made for sleep paralysis which has been apparently very 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 common over millennia so no you're not alone if you have this stuff as people have been having this probably as long as people have had houses Maybe as even in caves. I was gonna say as long as people have been civilized. Mm, I don't even know. More than that. Cause I mean, you see how some dogs will like kick and do everything, like do these muffled barks in their sleep, and like they've said that some of this also can go to other animals as well. So humans aren't alone in experiencing stuff like this. So if your dog is whining very quietly, but it clearly asleep, might be having sleep paralysis. Might be seeing a dog succubus or incubus. Which now that I think about it would be kind of a different visual. And I would like to see what they would probably find is like see something super attractive. I don't know. Weird thought. Weird tangent. Yeah, but so that's the old, 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 old major explanation for it. But recently, at least 1900s, when we've started to actually explore space, is when alien abductions were starting to be sort of viewed and a lot of the similar symptoms and feelings and hallucinations would be a very straight-up explanation for sleep paralysis was as well. Like not being able to move, barely able to breathe, not being able to speak. And you see these strange humanoid figures. Like a lot of it kind of coincides with how most abduction stories go. And I feel like that's sort of the modern take of how sleep paralysis happens because i mean we've probably all heard of aliens long before we were adults at least now but before the 1900s more of us would have heard of hags and demons so it might be just what information is available 
because not everybody has heard about succubi or incubi or these night hags. But almost everybody has heard about aliens at this point. Yeah, and that's a very rational way to like look at it too. Like sleep paralysis causes these because it's very similar to like the auditory hallucinatory um, and olfactory hallucinations that people yeah. have usually during nighttime. Yeah, and like it's sort of an explanation for because our brain can't really create something entirely new. It can be like a combination of many different things. And since we've heard more about aliens, have seen essentially illustrations as well as movies about all these different aliens, we have a better visual accompaniment with that idea. Whereas way back when, most were just like paintings and stories where a lot of it was due to your vivid imagination. But if you haven't thought about something like that before, you're probably not going to see it in a hallucination or at least not something entirely brand new. And since people have seen people before and people have seen bats before, a person with bat wings and maybe sheep horns is a pretty good mashup of everything. But yeah. aliens wouldn't have shown up at all back then because nobody would have thought of a small, gray-skinned, big, beady-eye thing as well as being on an operation table because they didn't exist back then. Yeah, and the operation tables were would have, or would have been wooden, so, yeah. Yeah, like, you can't imagine these super sophisticated beings from another world using a wood table and crude tools they would have to be these intricate sci-fi looking stuff which might be star trek's fault that we see that but i'm not gonna put all the blame on them pretty sure roswell had a lot more to do with it than them yeah but they definitely contributed side tangent didn't they predict like facetime and everything before it was a thing oh yeah star trek like predicted a lot of new technologies but it's not so much predicted as much as inspired people to actually make these things. Because, I mean, who doesn't want a replicator? It's just like, I want this. Boom. Now I have a turkey. It's just, that's... Who doesn't want that? That's incredible. True. But yeah, automatic doors. People didn't know they wanted it till they saw Star Trek. And now we have it. But yeah weird tangent yep and the last thing is ghosts essentially ethereal looking beings that were human at some point as being hallucinations and doing all these things and almost there's nobody who hasn't heard of ghost stories unless you have been living under a rock i mean even the amish have ghost stories so that would be the last sort of combination but it would be also a good explanation for why you feel such terror and fear or being just being uncomfortable in general just knowing that there's some sort of spirit around you watching you almost controlling you when you're at your most vulnerable which always adds more to 
any sort of panic or fear or flight or fight response. Yeah. Being in one of your most vulnerable states and something happening to you is always going to be unsettling. I agree. And I think this is kind of another reasons why ghosts and demons have such similar traits of like possession and uh, fear and like uh, manipulation of one's mind and everything too. Mm-hmm. And kind of persuasion. Like it always seems to be when a person is either most vulnerable or can't do anything to protect themselves from it. So yep. sleep would always be one of those options being in a horrible horrible situation highly stressed and kind of hopeless always an opportunity that demons seem to take advantage of which is why like people in desperation are known to sign contracts with devils and demons and whatnot sort of playing on this whole i'm at my most vulnerable i need help i'll take it from anywhere type thing yep and at any cost Mm-hmm. But that's sort of like where most explanations of sleep paralysis come from. And my rationale for why these things were what they were visualized as. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And that's kind of all I got. Gotcha. We, kinda, we covered the night hag stuff and that was... A large portion of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, the feeling of chest and everything, like, chest pressure and everything is at least something that I, I found at least researching was very, very common. And then also the sight of bugs and whatnot, because your eyes, when you're adjusting, kind of have those dots that run across your vision and everything. So the yeah. night hag and bugs were what I found as far as hallucination could go. I almost want to say that gargoyles on houses were supposed to sort of like signify that there's already some demon here possessing it. You have to go find someone else. So a sort of trickery type thing to keep demons away. I think that's why gargoyles were made as a deterrent for demons. Yeah, kind of as guardians of a householder building. Mm. Um. And then also there's shadow people and shadow figures. I mean, I sort of touched into that on the hallucination and um, scary feeling of dread is when people see figures in their peripheral vision on their Mm -hmm. sides of like either at the end of the bed or in the room or just that feeling of being surrounded and you're vulnerable like at home in your bedroom type place. Which is kind of also would be included in those alien abduction stories where you only see maybe one in your straight view but there's a bunch of them seeming to watch from the outskirts type idea yeah so and then i kind of talked about my one experience or maybe just mm -hmm. nightmare that i thought was sleep paralysis of my manta dog dream do you Mm -hmm. have anything like that like that night terror that i had would be the closest i can recall but I wasn't exactly awake and not really feeling anything aside from just this vivid dream more than anything else. And from what I remember of that sort of dream, I would always wake up in a different position than I was experiencing the dream in. So I wouldn't say that I've had 
sleep paralysis, but I can see where it's coming from. Yeah. I also may or may not have had it and forgotten about it because that's how dreams seem to work for me. Yeah. So. Night terrors especially. I mean, I'd kind of be down for the alien abduction one. Just kind of get a visual of what that kind of would go like. So maybe yeah. see, get some new ideas, maybe some new medical tidbits or tinkering tool type things to see. Maybe to give my give a whack at trying to make. But what would you prefer? What would be your go-to if you had to choose out of any of these sleep paralysis things? I mean, I had the Manta dog one, which honestly, like, I love dogs. Don't get me mm. wrong. But that was the most scary one to me, partly because I just had it at such a young age and it was a reoccurring one that I would have. But I think I would prefer to have, like, the alien one or whatnot. Or maybe just even, like, the shadow people or bugs, just so I know that I'm safe and I'm not, like, really in danger. Just but, you're being watched. Yeah, just that I'm being watched. <laughs> the, like, feeling of getting hurt or the chest pressure really freaks me out, especially, like, the breathing. If I'm not in control of my own body, that's yeah. what kind of gets to me. But, yeah. Well, I'd imagine... The succubi or incubi type thing where it's not exactly an unpleasant but an out of nowhere sort of seduction type thing might be on top of many people's lists. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not exactly a bad experience. No. It's just a weird one. Yeah. So. Mm. But, yeah, no, you're, you're right there. I That's just... number two for me. Yeah. Not number one, but number two. <laughs> I just rather be in control. I don't know. I probably have control issues, but I just like, you know, knowing that I'm safe, I guess. You don't like to sense? be controlled. No. But I, you could go with like essentially not being under control, but also not controlling things yourself. That'd be preferred. So if there's if you're not in control, then no one's in control type thing. Yeah. I can see that. Yep, yep, that makes yep. sense. Yep, I yep, yep. I tend to be the kind of person that's just, you know, I'm just along for the ride. We'll see where this goes. You can take charge, but, I mean, I'll be here. Yeah. That that tends to be where I tend to sit on those situations. No, and that that's like got I guess more relaxing way to look at it than. Being freaked out, like it does being along for the effort. ride. Yeah. Because you do get freaked out, but it's just, you kind of got to just let it go, drift off. So, okay, so we have old hags and demons and now aliens. What do you think might come next? What would be another explanation? So there's also, I didn't, I couldn't find too much on it, but the hat man, which is kind of along the lines of the shadow people who is kind of like a chest demon sits on your chest or like touches you. It's, he's a very tactile, mm -hmm. uh, hallucination. And then the shadow people are more just visual, but okay. yeah, I think but, those are next. But where do you think like the future, like say we find aliens and. We are 
they're they're just people and we hang out a lot do you think we'll still have alien abduction sleep paralysis do you think we'd regress back to sort of these succubi and night hag type things or do you think we'd have something completely different i would think something completely different just going on the history basis unless like we discover like fairies and unicorns are real i don't think we would regress any okay the fairy thing kind of got me excited that'd be that'd be crazy awesome yeah oh but i unless like you know if we discover like some of the mythical creatures are real to an extent, I don't think we'll regress. I think it'll be something new and completely different. Well, maybe what about on you? this planet. I'd like to think that there'd be sort of a similar type situation where it'd be unknown technology from very vague unknown beings, which seems to be kind of a recurring theme with it because it's demons were unknown and we weren't aware of what they're capable of so that would make sense aliens are unknown and we don't know what they're capable of but once we know these things and what they're capable of we'd have to i'm guessing like these energy puff clouds would just be there controlling us with some like fifth dimensional type technology type thing that'd be my guess where technically it's still like aliens but it's like not even in the same sphere Realm. of experience. Yeah. So that'd be weird for me. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. So I guess on that note, do you want to take us out, John John? Sure. If you like this, please give us five stars. If you have any weird stories, maybe you've had sleep paralysis or whatnot, you can email us at violentvice at gmail.com as well as on Facebook at Violent Vice Podcast, as well as on Instagram, which is also Violent Vice Podcast. And we also have Twitter that's just Violent Vice. And if you really, really like us or you just want to help us out, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Vice, where we have a couple of bloopers and extra tidbits and... I mean, we, we want to give you something that you're getting in response for helping us out. So we'd appreciate anything you send our way, but maybe join the club, hang out, see some cool things. All right. With that, um, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violentvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.